Are you ready to take your real estate investing business to the next level? Well, you're in the right place. This is the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. With your mentors, Wayne and Gabby. Good morning, everybody. Happy Friday. Gabby's just looking at me just like, how prepared are you? (laughs) I've been up since 4.15 and uh, I texted Wayne from downstairs at, oh, I don't know, 5.35 being like, are you awake? (laughs) I was was in deep sleep in some deep dream chasing something. I don't know. And she woke me up. It's completely out of it. (laughs) Came downstairs, still haven't quite recovered. And then, uh, yeah, she, she sent me, I, I just realized she tagged me in some Instagram posts. I haven't looked at it yet, but she's like, yeah, like, where's, where's my, my co-host? co-host? <laughs> so yeah, I literally, I literally scrolled downstairs to my office at 5.59. Yeah. Well, he's like, yeah, I got a, I have a couple minutes still. I'm like, one minute. You have one minute. He's like, oh, shit. <laughs> so good morning, let's, Wayne. Let's see how good my notes were from yesterday. <laughs> Oh, uh, well, I, I do know, I do know a few things. I do know that uh, Wilson and Jess had their, uh, their webinar last night, the Edmonton Cashflow Capital of Canada um, webinar. Who I was do... there? Did anybody attend? Yeah. Who attended? I want to know. Who did? Who did? What did you think? <laughs> uh, I know that today is Friday. Yes. Cause I just told you. Did you? Did you yeah. say that? I said, happy Friday. Oh, <laughs> Okay. I also know that we have some upcoming events. I know you got your women's real estate investing mastermind starting next week. I also know that you have a ton of interest in a second group. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you are interested in um, the women's real estate investing mastermind, reach out to Gabby. Um, there may be a second group starting if there's enough yeah, people. I, I haven't picked a date, but I've opened up my um, calendar oh, for calls um, just because, yeah, people are reaching out and asking. And yeah, so... I've opened up my calendar again. You can book a call if you follow the link on my profile. And uh, yeah, let's chat. And yeah, if I if I have enough interest, I will pick a date for another group to stay. Okay. Um, as well, the real estate investing um, retreats, the cabin retreats. Um, January is full. Still spots left for February. We are in the process of booking... Um, and setting a date for probably April. April will be the next one. Uh, so if that's something you're interested in, uh, reach out to us as, as well for that. Yeah, so that's that's upcoming events here. Um, I'm curious because I haven't, I never really got a chance, much of a chance to talk to you yesterday. Uh, we said this before, um, though we work together, um, we, wo- we work in separate ends of the house. We have both got our own offices and Gabby focuses on, certain uh, items and I focus on certain items. Um, I'm curious what's going on with the tenant that's moving in this weekend. Yeah. Um, You talked about how we filled it. Mm -hmm. You talked about how she sent money and she signed. So where do you mind walking through the process um, for me to know where it's at and when she's moving in as well? I guess I think it'd be pretty valuable because there's a lot of little tiny little steps that need to be taken within those couple days. Um, to make sure that you're setting yourself up for success, you're setting yourself up for um, 
to make sure that you have all the, you know, your, all the evidence that you need for the future. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like you're sure. compiling a folder, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, up front, when we sign a lease, um, we obviously get the lease itself signed. Um, check. Done. <laughs> we um, through. Yeah, we use um, we're, we're online now. I don't go and meet our tenants anymore to sign leases. <laughs> yeah. Um, those days are, are long gone. Yeah. Um, some people still do. I don't see the point of um, taking all that time out of the day when we now have things like DocuSign. So yeah. we use a program called Sign Now. It's cheaper than DocuSign. It does everything you need it to do. And uh, yeah, so we use that. Um, so yeah, we got the lease signed. Um, as I mentioned yesterday, instead of collecting a security deposit with the lease signing, we collect the first month's rent. Yeah. Um, so we have... Um, well, we offered January free in this situation, and she's moving in January 9th, so on Sunday. So in this case, I collected February's rent. So she's she's paid for February's rent. She's also paid for January's utilities. So we prorated the utility usage. We charge $300 flat fee for utilities. So I think it was around like 200 and something bucks that she um, paid for utilities for January. Nice. And she sent over her um, tenant insurance um, form or sheet, certificate, mm. whatever you call it. Yeah. <laughs> and actually, and, and remind me to come back I'm to I'm making that. a note of it right now. <laughs> Keep going. Keep going. And uh, copies of their IDs. So we always um, get a picture of a government-issued photo ID to verify identities because, yes, we have had a tenant who was not who they said they were. Yeah. <laughs> you live and learn and uh, implement new things. And da, 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 I think that's it for now. So that's what we needed well, to need secure. To utilities. Like if this were a single family home without, you know, suites, then they yeah. we would ask that they set up utilities. Yeah. Um, but, but, and, and, and there's, so now there's stuff that we do on the ninth when she moves in, but that's like kind of the first part that says the space is yours. I take down the rental listing yeah. and uh, and we're moving forward. Yeah. So that's the point that we're at right now. Um, we've booked a move-in time and everything. So that's all set. Move-in time so, with an inspection? Yeah, with an inspection. So yeah, so uh, Sunday she's moving in, Sunday morning. And at that time we'll collect the security deposit, the uh, one-time non-refundable pet fee. Um, so we collect a yeah one-time non-refundable pet fee up front, and then we also charge monthly pet pet rent. What are you charging? Uh, so we yeah so um, we charge one hundred and fifty. Uh, there are people who charge upwards of two hundred and fifty for a non-refundable pet fee. Um, I just find at two fifty people start to go oh, like it's it, yeah it starts to not feel good. It feels like too much, and um, one like. Yeah, I just find that that's a number that nobody, it just kind of like s goes through and no questions are asked and it's kind of easy. Right. So that's what we do. Um, and then, yeah, she has a dog. So there's a $50 pet rent per month. Nice. So a little bit of uh, extra cash flow. Um, well. Yeah, actually, we allocate our uh, non-refundable pet fee and our pet rent. Seems like every time we start talking, it's like I want to go down a rabbit hole. Of like yeah. you start talking about pet fees and non-refundables, and like, okay, I should I should bring that up and talk about why, why? we do that. And, and yeah, what don't just for. charge it to charge it. Like it's for stuff. <laughs> and, th and this is how we go down ra like rabbit holes for forty five minutes, and we're like, oh shoot, were we supposed to talk about something today? Yeah. 
Um, but uh, you know, let, let's 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 talk about that one. I, I, the pet fees and non-refundable. Um, I I just know that there's. I see. I th- what I do is I think about all of the questions that I see normally on the landlord groups mm-hmm. online. And I know that prop those are the most important questions to new investors right now because those are the questions that they're like that are holding them back from buying a property is some dumb thing like, you know, what do I charge for pet fees or how do I get them to get tenant insurance? How do I know that they're actually getting a tenant insurance? And if they don't, is my insurance going to be void and dumb things like that that are preventing you from buying a property? So um, pet fees, maybe, maybe I'll touch on it. Um, Pet fees, there's 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 two types. There's a non non refundable pet fee, and then which is a one time fee, and then there is also a monthly fee. <clears throat> it's entirely up to you which one you charge or if you charge both. But the way in we- Alberta, you can charge both. Ten people will tell you tenant tenants will be like, I'm reporting you to the landlord board and blah 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 blah. But you, you're allowed to just so you know. <laughs> So a non-refundable, and this is how we explain it, and this is how most people, most sophisticated investors use it. The non-refundable one-time pet fee at the front, at the beginning, that is used for additional cleaning and sanitizing when you move out. So I'm charging you a non-refundable fee because when you move out, yes, you are going to clean it. You know, we're going to give you that cleaning list. We, we talked about our cleaning list earlier this week that we hand out to our tenants when they move out. But if the next tenant moves in after them and they have an allergy or their kids have an allergy to dander or anything along those lines, that means that we need to do additional cleaning when a, when a pet moves out. So that means that it's going to be, you know, additional cleaning of hair. We're going to need a furnace cleaning, you know, a sanitizing um, ozone generator, you know, washing the walls, you know, to get rid of like cat piss smell. So that's for additional cleaning. Okay. And the additional costs that come with cleaning after there's an animal in there. The monthly pet fee, which is how much are we charging for that one? Uh, 50 for a medium sized dog. <clears throat> 50 for a medium sized dog. Sometimes people charge 25 for a cat. I think cats are just as bad as dogs. <laughs> Nothing against cats. It's just I, damage. The monthly pet fee is used to be allocated towards, uh, well, it gets put in the reserve fund to get allocated towards an increased wear and tear. Wear and tear. So, you know, we talked about this rental right now, this unit that just came available. Um, That one there, there's a bunch of damages on the laminate from the dog. Now, some of those damages we we can charge back to them. Um, but other ones, it's just like, it's just cause the dog was running around and chasing a ball in the house. And, you know, when you throw a ball and the dog goes, it's almost like the cartoon, the, the cartoon where they, they're running 10 seconds before they actually move. Um, and they're just beating the crap out of the floor. Right. So, or, you know, when they get in, uh, or they're scratching at the door cause they want to go outside. So they, you know, they bust up the baseboard a little bit, just it, there's an increase in wear and tear, whereas normally with flooring and baseboards, you know, flooring, you can expect maybe five to seven years, depending on the type of flooring. Well, maybe that means you need to replace the flooring every four to five years now. Um, it increases the replace time. 
And because of that, you need to allocate funds towards that because your reserve fund, you're collecting cash flow and you're putting it towards your repairs and maintenance every month, right? So you take a, a portion out of your cash flow um, or your portion of your rent, let's say 4% or 2%, whatever you do, and you put it towards your reserve fund re for repairs and maintenance. And that's going to cover all those items, replacing the carpet in seven years, um, you know, repainting, um, any plumbing issues, furnace, hot water tank, roof, all those things. Now, if, if your repairs and maintenance is being, um, it needs your flooring and baseboards and paint needs to be changed more frequently, then that means that you need to allocate more, allocate funds. more funds towards that. Yeah. And, and that shouldn't be you putting more of, out of your pocket. That means that that monthly pet fee is going to go towards that. Yeah. So, some people are like, hey, well, if I'm going to take a dog and take on that risk, I'm getting an extra $25 a month. Okay. Yeah. If that's the way you want to look at it. But down the road, you are going to have increased wear and tear and you should be putting money away for that. You got to treat this like a business. So yeah. That's, that's the way that I, I don't explain it exactly like that to a tenant, but I explain it to them as the non-refundable one-time fee. It's for additional cleaning. It's for additional cleaning and sanitizing. And the monthly fee is, is in a, for additional wear and tear that's caused. And we allocate those funds for replacement in the future. Yeah. And if they're like, no, that's your responsibility. Then, well, that's a, that's a big red flag and a tell for what kind of person they are. Yeah. Uh, if they say, yep, yeah, no problem, then, you know, they're the type of tenant. I think that every time I list uh, a rental ad, I have someone, like that one person telling me that, like, <clears throat> what I'm doing is illegal and I'm a crook and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but then everyone else is just like, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. It, well, good luck on finding a nice place person. Yeah. <laughs> um, you and maybe don't own three dogs when you don't own your own house. Oh, God. You know what? Since we're talking about pets, pets are great for many reasons. Um, some people need pets out of a necessity for you know, loneliness, um, emotional care. I get it. You know, it was a cool gift for your kids. I grew up with dogs. I, I'm telling the story, not me. Um, I grew up with dogs my whole life. I've always had dogs and cats around. It's just, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a vibe. <laughs> we got a caller calling in here. I'll, I'll get to you a sec, Johnny. Um, it's a vibe and, uh, I feel empty without my dogs with me. And so I always have dogs and, so they think that they're entitled to having dogs. Well, okay, if that's if that's what you, you need, you have to be willing. You have to just know that there's going to be a cost. You know, life is full of decisions. You made a decision. You should have considered the fact that most people, you know, most landlords are going to charge you for that. You know, if you owned your own home, if you've ever been to a house with someone who has six dogs, I mean, their house is fucking upside down. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, there's dander everywhere. So, you know, if a landlord is, con you know, considering allowing that to happen, there's going to be a cost. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I, I just, we didn't buy a dog till we bought a house. Yeah. Yeah. Fun yeah. fact, we bought a dog on the day we bought our first house. <laughs> <laughs> Same Three day. hours after Moving we day. got the key. Yeah. <laughs> Fun fact. Um, yeah, it looks like Johnny must have just accidentally clicked. Yeah, on the he just so that happens when people just join in. Sometimes they accidentally click the button, and it looks like he did just join in. So. But um, you also talked about uh, tenant insurance. And hey, guys, if you guys got any questions, no problem, Johnny. Not no problem, Johnny. I'm I'm not mad. <laughs> he apologized. He was excited to talk to you, though. 
<laughs> I was a little excited because I, you know what, like I've, I've got lots of cool things I can talk about, but you know, some of our most valuable episodes are the ones where people call in with their questions or specific things that they need help with. Um, so please, if you guys have any comments, um, oh, Varsh is calling in now. Is, is, is this a real call? <laughs> I gotta know. I gotta know. Hello. Good morning. Hi, Varsh. Morning. Can you guys hear me fine? We can, yeah. Yeah, yeah. just a bit of an echo. A step away from the mic a sec. Okay. Go ahead. All right. So uh, I remember uh, one of the previous podcasts that you mentioned that uh, there was a property in the market. Uh, you paid $1,000 more on it and went $40,000 above asking price. Uh, yeah. I'm in kind of the same situation. So <laughs> yesterday, um, I found a property. I was about to call yesterday, but then, uh, uh, like we were talking about some other stuff. But uh, yesterday, my I was about to call and ask a question that how lowball offer should I be putting in on on the property that the sellers don't laugh at it kind of stuff, right? And then later uh, afternoon yesterday, I found out that there were three offers already on it. I'm still gonna put a backup offer on that property today. Uh, but my question is, first of all, uh, how much lowball offer one should be putting in any on any property and the second question is when i see that many people are offering my realtor saying that uh, now you you might have to go on the asking price or maybe a little bit more than that uh, i know that uh, if i offer le like 10000 less than 10000 dollars less than what is asked for it makes sense for for me to do bar on that property but if i'm uh, like if i'm paying above asking price then it doesn't make sense. So how do I even avoid that temptation of uh, overbidding? Mm, okay. Take the emotion out of it. The math has to make sense. Wow. <laughs> right? Yes. I wrote four other things, but uh, th that's a very that summarized good point. It? <laughs> that, that, that was a very good point. Um, this is a business, so just take the emotion out of it. I mean, sometimes I think what Gabby's getting at is that sometimes you're like, I just, I need this house. I want this house so bad. And you're just, you're like, it's the only house that's been, it's the only like, house been on I've the been market for the last forever. two months. Yeah. It's January. So sh maybe I should do $2,000 over asking. Um, the only reason that that one particular house where I went 1000 over asking was because I really wanted it because the numbers worked even at list price. And that's why it got so much attention. Um, I got four questions for you. Mm -hmm. And then, then I can give you an answer. Um, where are you, Varsh? Edmonton? Yes. Okay. Um, next question. How long has it been on the market? So the property is in market for two days. Uh, it's in the Millwoods area. Uh, so I, I saw the property. As soon as it came on the market, I saw the property. I liked the property. But uh, I made a mistake. I didn't go see the property the same day. I went to see the property, uh, uh, sorry, uh, I didn't go see the property in the same day. The next day I came to know that, uh, uh, like I was booking appointments and I came to know that there were three offers. I'm still going to go today to see the property this morning. Uh, I'm going to still put a backup offer, but uh, let's see how, how it goes. But yeah. Nice. Um, okay. And so the lowball offer question, this is all very... You got to be very strategic and you got to try yeah. and figure out what the motivation of the seller is before you throw in a lowball offer and they'll consider it. If it's been on the market for two days and you throw a lowball offer, 
let's say it's listed at 300,000, you throw 250. Um, they're going to wait. It's only been two days. Now, if it's been 90 days, I'll tell you, um, I don't know if you've ever sold a house. Uh, after the first two weeks, after two weeks, you like the seller starts getting really antsy, like, oh, shit, like we haven't got an offer. We've only got two people come to view it. We got to do something fast because now people are looking at it and they see it's been up for 30 days and they know we're desperate and they're going to start throwing lowball offers. So if you see something in the market like for, for more than two months, you can you know that their motivation is there. The next thing I would check and see is um, how long did they own the property? And if you check and see how long they've owned the property, you can either ask your realtor to pull up the transaction history on that property, or you can go to honestdoor.com. And sometimes uh, they have transaction history on there. Uh, That'll tell you how long they've owned it. The longer they've owned it, the more equity they have. If they've owned it for two years, most homeowners only put 5% down when they buy it. So there's there's a good chance that um, they don't have a whole heck of a lot of equity. So if you throw a $250,000 offer at them, their mortgage is probably $290,000. So they're not going to accept it because if they accept your lowball offer, that means they have to pay $40,000 out of their pocket, mm-hmm. right? So I, I I take into consideration how how motivated are they at the particular time? How much room do they have, right? If they've owned it since 1976 and they're an original owner, you know there's no mortgage on it, right? Mm-hmm. And that, you know... If you see in the pictures that there's a bunch of packed up old VHS videos, then you know it's probably, unfortunately, grandma died and they're just selling off the house and they just want to be done with it, right? They got enough shit on their plate. The realtor's not going to tell you this, but they got enough shit on their plate. You know, grandma died. They're working on the funeral and all that other stuff. They just need to liquidate this stuff. They want to be done with it. Somebody inherited, you know, this pile of things to do. So the difference between 300,000 and 250,000 is pretty minimal. Unless there's, um, <clears throat> I'll go even deeper. Unless, of course, there's there's someone that's responsible for the estate and they have to make sure they get as much money as possible. But generally speaking, you know, these are all the things that I'm kind of looking for to see for motivation. Um, you know, is the house empty? Is there anything in the house? Um, that's going to tell me, you know, whether they're paying the bills or they're still living there. Right? Are they? Did they already move somewhere else, and this thing's been sitting for ninety days, and they're making these two thousand dollars worth of payments every month, and it's just bleeding them dry? Mm-hmm. Um, any information that you can get to ter- determine their motivation will determine whether how low you can go. Now, how low is entirely up to you. If it's been on the market for a long time, then you can probably go low. I'd go as low. I would go as low as you need to in order for it to make sense for you. I was doing this yesterday. I've got um, six tabs opened up on my computer. It was really extremely messy when I went, opened up my computer this morning. I'm like, oh God, why did I leave all these open? But there's six properties I, I see in the market that I've been on for 90 days. And I'm going to reach out to my realtor and tell them to throw lowball offers on it. Because they're not coming up in my search criteria because the price is too high. Um, however, you know, I've seen that these are like, they fit all of the things that I just talked about. And I think that, they're just wishful and thinking that they're going to get that price. So we're going to throw a lowball offer in at the price that I need in order for it to work. So that's how I would determine how low to go is put it as low as you need it to work. And if it doesn't happen, then like Gabby said, take the emotion out of it, go to the next property. Yeah. Math has to make sense. It's yeah. yeah, When you, when you start competing with other offers, I feel like 
people that's when people start making bad decisions because they they're just doing what they need to do to get it yeah. instead of doing what they need to do to get it for what works for the math. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, you walk away if the math doesn't work every single time. Walk away if the math doesn't work. I, one more thing I want. One more thing I want to add in is um, you probably have a, um, a limited mindset right now, just based on the amount of resources you have. I don't know your resources. I don't know your whole story, but you know, let's say you've got enough to do one flip or one burr right now. That is limiting the way that you're thinking and the way that you're making your decisions. You're like, well, I, I have to get this house because of this. I want you to pretend that you have $2 million in cash right now and run your business like that because it, you're going you're gonna to react in a much different way. You know what I mean? You're like, oh, I need, I need to get this house as cheap as possible because this is the only deal and I want to make sure that like, I have as much spread as possible because if I fuck this up, I'm, I just want you to think like you don't give a shit and it's just like I want you to put offers on fucking everything and it doesn't matter because all you're trying to do is, is you want 10 of these houses today. Like, it, Stop thinking about one house and just think like I, I don't – like treat this like a business. Instead of just one house, I want to be doing 10 of these at the same time. And if you're doing 10 of these at the same time, you don't necessarily give a shit. You know, you'll think you'll you don't start care thinking, about hurting someone's feelings with a lowball. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm going to throw a lowball off of here. I'm going to throw a lowball off of here. I got six open tabs right here. Hey man, go put a uh, lowball offers in all six of these as well. I want to get as I, it, you start thinking like, this is a business as opposed to this is just my first property. This is my, you know, this is the deal that I'm working on right now. And it'll, it'll free you up a little bit and you'll start, you'll start making decisions like an entrepreneur as opposed to just like someone who's like, you know, fancy, you know what I mean? <laughs> I, hopefully that kind of makes sense. Um, yeah. Cause like, that's, that's what I do, man. I just write offers, you know, as, whenever I see something, write an offer, write an offer, write an offer. And then like, if it works cool, you know, if I'm going to make, maybe I've got a rule that I have to make $50,000, but that one I'll make $44,000. Who gives a shit? Just do that one. I'll move on to the next one. Let's keep moving. Let's keep moving. Let's keep building it up and making as much money as possible. I I had that that thought thought process in my mind as well, but mm. uh, I remember that uh, like so for example when you put offers on multiple properties, do you even f see them or like uh, personally see them or you just put offer? Because uh, I am kind of like my realtor. She's very she's great. She shows me property like whenever I ask for, she shows me property. But again, the 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 thing that you mentioned once that not taking advantage of it right so unless and until i'm sure that this property makes sense i don't go and check it personally but when you when you write offers do you like for example eight or ten offers do you see those properties personally or you just look at online and then just start putting offers because even putting offers takes a lot of time for the realtors to, uh, to do so I, i'm not sure this is the first rental property that i'll, I'll be buying so just kind of curious and i'm not wasting realtors time at the end of the day as well mm -hmm. that's a great right. question um okay if this is your first one then yeah i can understand um now imagine you had two million dollars in cash in the bank <laughs> and you were writing offers all fucking day and whenever you know you got one accepted you closed on it if you're that guy then your realtor doesn't give a shit because you're that like my realtor doesn't give a shit because he knows that when I find the property, I close on it. And when I close on it, I also use him to sell it. And I refer everybody I know to him because he's fantastic. He knows the value that I bring and he doesn't give a shit if he has to put extra work into it because he knows long term, I'm going to make him a ton of money. I'm going to put his kids through college. And 
if that's the type of person that you're going to be as well, that you're going to be the person that goes and closes and whenever you get a deal, you got it. There's no, oh, I couldn't get financing or, oh, I don't know. I don't have a handyman. If you're that type of person, then yeah, then, then don't waste your time. But if you're the type of person that's going to be using her and providing a ton of value and putting her kids through college through all the deals that you're doing, then yeah, don't worry about it. You know what I mean? Um, now, do I put offers in blindly? It depends. It depends on whether I know it's good or not. Townhouses, yes. Townhouses, I, I will because uh, me personally, this is this, and again, this depends. Me personally, I don't do home inspections on townhouses because my my contractor can see everything he needs to see on the inside. The condo board is responsible for everything else, and I will find all the information that I need to find about the condo and the exterior stuff within the condo docs and the meeting minutes. So I'm okay with that personally. Do your own home inspection if you want to. So um, I'll write an offer, um, like just a financing offer, a financing condition offer, uh, or I'll write unconditional offers sight unseen if I know the condo really well. Now for single family houses, sometimes you can write a conditional offer um, without seeing it. Um, it's a, I think it depends on how, like, if you if something comes up and you're like, "Holy shit, this is a smoking deal, and this is going to go." Write an offer. Write the offer and make it conditional and get them to accept it. So, I mean, like, if anytime I see a property they really want, I don't I don't wait till tomorrow. I, I go and see it today. You know what I mean? That's a deal. I need to get up and I need to go and see it. If I can't, then I'll write an offer, conditional, and get them to accept it. Once they accept an offer, um, they can't accept any other offers even though it's conditional, it's pending. So I've locked it up essentially for two weeks. Now I can go down there and I can go take a peek. And if I find a, um, a crack in the foundation, I can go back to the seller at that point and say, hey, I'll remove my conditions, but I need to renegotiate the price based on these things that I found in my inspection. So you can always go back and renegotiate later. There's a, um, it's really cool because you can, again, you can tie it up for two weeks. And then at that particular point, um, in the seller's mind, they're thinking, Okay, I can accept their count their their renegotiation price, or I can put it back on the market. And it's been on the now. I got to wait. You know, it's been two weeks now, and somebody else is going to do this. So they kind of it kind of gives them a choice. You know, do they want to roll the dice and then see if they can get a better offer and wait another month for all you know on the market uh, conditional offer home inspection again and then that person's just going to find the same thing in the home inspection anyway so they're going to try and pull the same stuff again so fuck it let's just accept this offer and be done with it it's very stressful being a seller during mm -hmm. those during when it's listed so um yeah i mean you don't necessarily have to go down there but like i think that the underlying question that you had was or the concern was was that I feel like I'm wasting my realtor's time and don't worry about that. That's their job. That's yeah. their job. Aside, aside from um, making a call to the other realtor and drafting up the purchase contract for you. And then all the other little coordination things in between their job is to drive you around. Right. I'm not, I'm not saying like, I'm not, I'm not trying to put down realtors, but that, that is their job and don't feel like, you know, guilty about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good tips. I, I now I now I have to pivot. I have to look into more areas as well because I see a lot of properties uh, um, in the market sitting uh, for more than uh, ninety days, but they are not in these happening areas like Millwoods or West Edmund. They are in the Clareview areas, right? So 
Yeah. Yeah. Now I have to do some research in the Clairview area. I, I've seen that uh, the appreciation and everything is better uh, or after renovation, uh, ARVs are better in West Edmonton and Millwood's area. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I don't see the same thing in the Clairview or London Dairy area side of things. So <clears throat> I have a few um, things to... Um, keep looking. Keep looking. Mm-hmm. I'm going to... And, and this... Please understand my intention when I say this, and it's not to put anyone down or to get you to... But make sure that your realtor understands flips and they do flips. They have clients that do flips and they sell flips because. Um, uh, Varsha, are you doing a flip or is this a <clears> rental <throat> property? It's a flip slash burr, from what I understand. Uh, I'm just doing buy and hold. So, oh, buy and hold. Okay. Yeah. I want to do burr, uh, but uh, I see that, that, like, I want to do force appreciation using the secondary suites. That that's the that okay. that's what my main plan is. And uh, I have few things that uh, I need to talk to. So, so on this property mm-hmm. that uh, I'm going to see today, I'm gonna take a contractor as well as uh, in in the property with me to give yeah. me a rough idea of uh, how much is secondary suites gonna cost. Uh, and then uh, uh, a few other things that, because I talked to my lender and they said that you can get a, a, a secondary suite or, or sorry, construction mortgage or renovation mortgage kind of stuff. So I need to also find out that the contractor can meet those deadlines of four months that they provide or not kind of stuff. So yeah, yeah. that's a tough one. That That is, yeah. Um, most banks want to see you complete the renovation improvements within 90 days. And we know that adding a secondary suite takes yeah. about 120. So it's, it's stressful. Um, and it's not the contractor. It's not the contractors. It's the permitting process. It's cause it takes eight weeks to get a permit. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's interesting, but, uh, it, it, I'm glad you're taking action. It sounds like a lot of fun. And, um, uh, what was one thing I was going to talk about the secondary suites? Um, I, I lost it. That's okay then. Um, but yeah, congr- yeah. Uh, congrats. And, and thanks for calling in with those questions. It seems like it was really valuable for a lot of people listening right now. So that's mm-hmm. awesome. Thank you so much, guys. Okay. Take care, Rush. Okay. So there were some questions and I'm going to kind of go in order of um, relevancy. So, uh, James asked, are the condo townhouse docs available publicly or when are these presented for your review in the process? So no, uh, condo docs are not available publicly. Um, if you do have a property under contract, um, a, a townhouse, um, it gets townhouses and condominiums get written on a different real estate purchase contract than a normal um, standalone home. So part of that contract is that um, all of those documents get sent to you for review. And that's one of the conditions as well as a condition period. Yeah. Provided by the seller. So if they don't have copies, then they need to obtain copies and get them to you for your review. But um, we had one situation where, um, we were going to, we wanted to go in unconditional on an offer. Mm-hmm. So we actually reached out to the um, management company and purchased the condo docs ourselves. Yeah. So it costed a couple hundred bucks, but we were pretty damn certain that we were moving forward and we wanted to get an unconditional <clears throat> offer in so that it was accepted. Yeah. So we actually purchased them ourselves, got a rush on them. We paid for a rush to get them like in a day or two and um, so that we could review them and put in that unconditional offer. So, um, a couple hundred bucks, depending on the extent you want to go. Like there's the condo docs, there's the estoppel certificate, there's 
the bylaws, the meeting minutes, all different types of documents that you can purchase, they all come at a cost. So yeah, if you have it under contract and accepted offer, then they'll provide them to you. Otherwise, you can always reach out and purchase them yourself. Yeah, normally around anywhere from $200 to $400 um, to order them. And they take a few business days to get to you. Yeah. Which, well, normally, I think it takes at least a week. I think normal turnaround time for oh, them you getting you. Yeah. So if you need them fast, you need to pay for a rush. You pay for rush fees, which is so silly. They have them in some cloud folder. They can just send yeah. it to you. <laughs> I know. It's a money but grab. It's, just a, it's, a, it's a money grab. Yeah. Um, and uh, Robin asked if there's a cost to get them when it's under contract. No, the seller has to provide them to you. So that's part of the, unless you worked out some thing different <laughs> most people use that as a condition that it yeah. should be provided yeah. now if this is a uh foreclosure um the bank of hot tip fun tip uh the bank or the court whoever is in possession of the property at that particular time they do not provide condo docs right you have to order them yourself <clears throat> um Sorry, excuse me that's okay Josh asked, uh, what was the website to view history of ownership? Um, it was answered in the chat here, but just for anyone, maybe I spoke too quickly. Um, go to honestdoor.com. That's where I get all of my information. Most of the information that I need, uh, if I don't want to bug my realtor. Yes. I, sometimes I don't bug my realtor. If I need an answer (laughs) fast and I don't want it in 20 minutes, that's pretty fast for a realtor. If, if, if you can send a question to a realtor and they can send you, you know, history within 20 minutes, that's fast. But while I'm scrolling through and just doing my research and stuff, and I'm just curious, uh, I just go to Honest Store. It's not as reliable. Um, it's a third-party website um, that will give you what they do. It's a free website. They pull recent sold uh, information in every market to determine what they believe the market value of that house is. Um, they also pull property tax information. Um, so you could get a lot like honest door is always six months behind. So if there's a price on honest door that said it's worth three Oh five, that's based off of sold comparables 12 months ago. Okay. 12 to 18 months ago. Um, no, uh, six to 12 months before. Um, so any solds that were in the last six months are not included in that. It's old data, but it'll give you a rough idea. Mm-hmm. And you can also see the trend, like the history trends of uh, the, the history of what that property was worth over the last couple of years. It shows a graph of like, it was 300, then it was 340. And then in 2016, it was 380. And then it went down to 340. You can kind of see the trends of it. Um, which is very valuable as well. If you sign in um, and it's free, uh, you can see the transaction history if it's been updated. So you can see, you know, when it was bought, who it was bought, uh, not who it was bought to, when it was bought, how much it was bought for. Uh, again, that's valuable information. Like I was talking to Varsh um, to know, you know, when they bought it and how much they paid for it. Cause you can guesstimate through a mortgage calculator, how much they have left on their mortgage just based off of recent interest rates to determine how much they need to pay off when they sell this house so that you don't go too low on the price. As you can see, Wayne doesn't put um, offers in just at fun numbers. He like does digging and like does some like psychological, okay, if they've owned it this long, they probably have about this much mortgage. The place is, looks like whatever. I pull up their name (laughs) on Facebook and I'll, I scroll through and see, 
you know, in the last two years, if they had this property listed before. So this has probably happened to them, which means they probably want to get rid of it. So they'll likely be willing to go down probably to this price because that'll cover their mortgage and put this much in their pocket. Like he doesn't just throw numbers out. <laughs> well, it takes 15, 20 minutes to, if you're like, you're really serious about a property, you know, you can pull information like even Google searches and, you know, maybe that person was arrested for driving through some school field. You know what I mean? <laughs> this is valuable information that I need where most people aren't looking at that information. Yeah. The reason why they're selling you is because he's going to jail. Okay. Well, they clearly don't give a shit about this guy and they just need to sell it fast. Um, you can also, you know, if you Google their name, maybe they're they're in some landlord group and and they just recently, you know, put a post up about how their tenant trashed the place and I'm fucking done with this shit. And I don't even care if I lose money. Like you would you'd be surprised what you can find if you just spend 15, 20 minutes and just search a little bit. Yeah. Um, but of course, you need to know where to look. And Honest Door is a great place to start. Um, that is a new website that just came out within the last 12 months or so. Um, extremely valuable. It keeps getting more and more valuable. Um, one other cool uh, thing that I want to add in there, because we're talking about, and this is this is great, the direction we went today about just how to negotiate and how to find deals. Uh, Realtor.ca just added a new feature just in the last couple of weeks. Um, I just stumbled on Do it. Tell. Uh, they have days on market now. Did they not have that before? They did not have it before. You had to ask your realtor. You had to ask your, so you see a, 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 um, some people have their searches set up with their realtor and you'll have that data on your search. Um, but it, other people, they would scroll realtor.ca and you would have no idea how long that property has been on the market. Now they tell you. So that's just one more, you know, indicator that you can use. You can scroll through. That's what I was doing yesterday. Where's can you filter? That's a good question. Yeah. Looking for only properties that have been like over 90 days. Or... Oh, you know what? Keep talking. <laughs> Varsh says, no, you can't. Hmm. Oh, Robbie says, yes, you can. <laughs> Listed since. Wow. Okay, so yeah, There you is can. a filter that says Listed, Listed since. since. This is new. <laughs> wow, okay, 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 Gabby, okay. Tony also says Zolo is also good for that, also shows sold history. Wow. Hang, hang tight, people. Wayne's really excited about this listed um, date. Wow. <laughs> I'm I'm back to September right now, and I'm just seeing all the listings in Edmonton. <laughs> Let's go to June. I'm just going to... What? <laughs> I'm just going to quickly answer another question here. Annette asked, can you have the only condition to be the condition of reviewing condo docs if otherwise you want to pay cash and no home inspection? Yeah, absolutely. You can do whatever you want. So that's definitely what? something that you can do to have your only condition <laughs> reviewing documents. Yeah. Wayne's like, Wayne just checked out. He's now just playing on realtor.ca. Wow. Um, that's <sighs> <laughs> powerful. Yeah. Cause it, like it is a pain in the butt. Like if you come up with a really cool idea, like, you know, you're like me, you're driving to work or like I used to, I used to drive to work and be like, <gasps> I should look up all the old, the oldest listings. And then literally this week I'm going to do a campaign and I'm going to contact all the oldest listings and, you know, see if they're open to uh, seller financing. Right. But then what you got to do is you got to call up your realtor and say, Hey, can you send me a list with all the, you know, the, the, the oldest listings and, and I'm going to contact them all and I'm going to ask them if they're interested in seller financing. And yeah, since they're interested in seller financing, I'm not going to be using you. Like it's just to, 
if you have a cool idea, you don't want to be waiting on someone else. You don't want to add these extra layers of like, okay, once they send me that, I'll be able to do this. No, I want to take action right now. So this is just a, another cool thing that you can literally just go and do right now. This, wow. And you can, okay, wholesalers as well. I'm thinking of you wholesalers. Um, this is extremely valuable extremely valuable yeah. because a lot of wholesalers like I need to have a realtor that's willing to do all this free work for me. Um, now you can just do it yourself. Wow. Okay. Were there any questions while I was? Um, uh, just a bunch of little comments in here. Um, is there a cost to get the condo docs? We already answered that. Um, yeah. Tony says, don't forget that the listing date resets if they change realtors after it doesn't sell. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Oh, sometimes actually you can ask your realtor to pull it off the market and put it back on the market. Yeah. I was going to say that they don't even need to change realtors. Sometimes you can just take it down and put it back up. If it's been up for a while, um, you know, that's a tactic that we've, yeah. you know. I uh, mean, a, a realtor always... going in and in the back end can see that history yes. that it was taken down and put back, but to the naked eye of somebody just looking at properties. It's just to spark interest yeah, again. Exactly. That's all it is. You know, what they'll do is they'll change the pictures or change the order of the pictures. Yeah. Um, say it was listed in the winter and then you relisted it in the spring or the summer and now you're going to get some fresher pictures or you're going to, you know, maybe your first picture is going to change um, and it's going to be a new fresh price and everything else. So it's just, a, it's a refresh. Yeah. But yeah, once someone goes and pulls the history out, they'll see that it was up for a while, but it, it's just to get interest again. Um, wow. Yeah. Super cool. Um, was there something I was talking about before that? I, I started thinking for myself for a sec. <laughs> um, I don't know, but be before the show ends today, I do want to get back to the, um, the, the pet stuff and the insurance. Cause there's a couple things that I didn't say that are very important if people are taking any advice? Hold that. What yeah, I, I have it written down. I'm just saying. What was this Zolo, Zillow, Zorro? Thing yeah, I don't know. About? I don't know if Zolo and Zillow are the same, or I don't. I don't know. That's not a question I can answer. I so thought, I've heard of Zolo, but uh, I thought it was an American. Eileen thing. asked if Zillow was also good, but I don't know what Zillow is. What's well Z companies? I don't know. <laughs> Fill me in, people. I, I have no idea. Yeah. Zolo.ca, not Zillow. Zillow is USA. USA. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's Zolo, see. Not Zillow, you know what? Zillow, I will do Zolo. it as I'm talking to you guys. <laughs> Zolo.ca is refine your Edmonton real estate search by price, bedroom, or type. View up to date MLS listings. You keep an eye on the on the chat there. Um, there's listings, and it looks like. You can probably organize them in a different way. Tony seems to know about it. Tell us more, Tony. Tell us more. <laughs> As I scroll through this, I just want to see if my listing is on the is on the first page or second page. I see a listing that I was looking at yesterday. <laughs> um, uh, uh, another fun fact: there is nothing on the market, the market right, right now. now. <laughs> Hence, why I spent an hour or two yesterday, just kind of scrolling through realtor.ca, which is something I never do. I never do that. Yeah. Wayne's going crazy. <sighs> I need a property. So like I'm looking at properties that are outside of my search criteria to make some lowball offers, um, just because they've been on the market for a while. 
but uh, it looks like, yeah, you can just kind of search it a little bit different, oh, which is cool. I'll look into that more later, not while I'm on the show live. <laughs> hey, uh, speaking of uh, you're just searching for a property, but um, we have uh, three viewings booked for our uh, flip property that was just listed oh. yesterday. Oh, yeah. That's pretty yeah. cool. Three viewings, a couple open houses this uh, this weekend. Yeah. Um, I'm feeling a lot more optimistic about this one. Um, Even though we're in January? Yes. Yes. I'm just looking at uh, Tony's question here or uh, comment here. Um, I'm feeling, yeah, it's it's a shitty month to list it. And I don't know uh, if you guys are just being polite or not, but yes, it is listed very high. Um, not very high. It's listed correctly. And a lot of people would just lower the price and, and get it out and move it quickly um, just to be done with it. But uh, we went above and beyond for this one. There were a lot of things that needed to get done and a few things that didn't necessarily need to be done. But we wanted to make sure that um, we did it right and made it look really nice. It is the nicest townhouse on the market. Hands down. I've looked through all the townhouses. There's nothing that even fucking comes close for townhouses, uh, like those types of townhouses, not your 2010 built townhouse with a single attached garage or a, a double attached underneath. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm talking about that type of property, that type of condo. It is the nicest one on the market. I've looked. And there are other properties within that price range throughout the city in the South side and the West end that are listed at around the same price that are nowhere close to the quality. Um, like literally we did everything and literally it is the, one of the nicest condos in the South side. So yeah, I'm going to put it at that price. And yeah, I know that there's going to be people scrolling through that, you know, we're planning on spending 200, 210,000, but once they see what they can get for 210,000 and what, and what, or 180 to 210 and what they can, they'll see what they can get for 224. They'll take ours. I, I have no doubt in my mind. It Confidence. won't sit on the market. Well, it's like the pictures are fantastic. And when you walk in, it's exactly what the picture said. Yeah. Sometimes Definitely. you go in and there's really good pictures and then you look around the edges and the corners and you're like, oh, no, like it is quality finishings and quality craftsmanship. So um, I have no doubt in my mind that, you know, a few people would be interested. And then when they are, when they do go and look at it, it's going to be exactly what they expected, if not better. And, uh, so I don't have any doubts. I'll leave I'll hell. I'll let it sit on the market for 30 days just to wait for the right person. Yeah, it's going to be a situation where it's going to be the right person is going to find it mm -hmm. and not, um, 30 people jumping on it because it's like $30,000 under value. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I'm okay with that. And, and we priced it well enough that, you know, it can sit for a little while because I know that it's January 5th or 6th or what day is it? 7th. <laughs> yeah. So it's, uh, no, we're, we're pretty proud of it. We know, will we do that much? Will we go that far again? Like as far as, you know, the level of finishing in a townhouse? In a townhouse? No. <laughs> no. It, but now that we've done that, I feel like now I can't do another townhouse. Now we need to do a single family house because I need it to look like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, I am looking at single, uh, single family houses. I am looking at townhouses, whatever I can get my hands on, you yeah. know, back to what I was saying to Varsh, like, you know, act like you got $2 million in the bank. Right. Uh, and just like for me, like if I find a townhouse today, I'll buy it. If I find a single family house tomorrow, I'll buy it. If I find five today, I'll buy them. 
because I have the resources to do it. And that's just the way I treat it. And I look at it on a yearly basis, how much money am I making this year, as opposed to how much money am I making on this particular deal? Um, it's a business. So I'm, but I'm like extremely bummed that there's nothing on the market right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, okay. Josh, <clears throat> Tony. sorry. Josh says that feature wall is beautiful and well done. <sighs> Thank you. Thank I thought you. that's the direction you were going in a minute thank ago, you, Gabby. Um, yeah, now that we do a fancy feature wall, it's like now we always and all of the marketing and all the attention went towards that feature wall. Um, so now because it's, like it's gorgeous. Every time we do a townhouse, <laughs> now I'm gonna have to put a feature wall. So I have to add that into the budget, which is a little more expensive than I thought. I'm um, I'm way too emotionally attached to this renovation. <laughs> now that it's like completed, I didn't think that it was gonna turn out the way that it did. Like that wasn't all like carefully constructed, like planned to be as over the top as it was. It just happened. <laughs> Can we rewind just for a little perspective for a second? Cause I like doing this. Can you remember to when I bought it? Yes. I like Gabby didn't even know it was coming. No. I saw it. It was listed higher than what I normally look at. And, but I did my quick little bit of research and I said, I need to go see this thing tonight. Yeah. And like I was busy at the time and I'm like, God, I'm going to see this house, whatever else. And, and um, tried to write an offer and they said, no, we're not taking the offer uh, before I left. And um, I, I told the realtor, I said, man, I'm going to write an unconditional offer. I just need to go see it. So if you can get me in there in the next two hours, I'm going to go see it. I'll write an unconditional offer. I went in there and I looked and I'm like, yep, 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 yep. Everything's all good. Um, I just need the condo docs and, uh, and yeah, um, I ended up writing an unconditional offer on it. But like, Gav has had no connection to this whatsoever. It's no. it's so funny. And like, and then when did when did you eventually see it? Uh, I don't know. We went back. Uh, Kelvin took us back there. I can't remember why or what we were doing. Oh, we were bringing um, our contractor through. Look at the kitchen. Yeah, look at the kitchen because the kitchen was a problem. And mm -hmm. we were like, what are we going to do with this? Like, there's literally nothing to work with. No space to work with. Mm -hmm. So it was like, yeah, that's where my anxiety kicked in. So I took like a thousand videos of it, a thousand pictures of it to, cause I, we were going to hire a designer to be like, what do we do? Do we yeah. knock down a wall? Do we? Yeah. I remember Everly was like, our daughter was like super uh, annoyed. She was done with it. We just kept staring at the stupid kitchen and everyone was like, well, we can do this. We can't take this wall out because there's a vent behind her. There's some ducting behind it. Sorry. I can't do this, can't do this. And our daughter's just like, and then she goes and sits on the floor and I'm like, don't sit on the floor. <laughs> and it's just like, it was like dirty. purplish carpet, dirty. And it had just piss stains all over it. And just like, um, you know, I could just see that Gabby was like not interested in this at all. And then, you know, they demo it, they pull everything out and just like, you can kind of see that, you know, Gabby wasn't, you know, whatever, it was just work. And then now she's just like, oh my God, I love this place. <laughs> Um, but, um, though I know that Gabby has a handle on this, um, you have to remember not to get emotionally attached to houses Yeah. ever, ever. Don't ever get attached to houses and vehicles. <laughs> okay. Never get attached to them. I didn't get emotionally attached until it was done. And now I'm like, it's going to be sad handing it over. But at yeah. the same time, you can shift perspective and be like, wow, somebody's going to get this beautiful property that we did. Yeah. I'm looking forward to doing single family houses. Yeah. Um, be because I know there's going to be a lot more pride in it. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. Okay. 
Sorry. It's just, <laughs> don't get attached to houses because you'll make start making emotional decisions instead yeah. of logical decisions. Annette asks, what month did we uh, buy the townhouse? So we the week before Thanksgiving. Yeah, October. But um, the renovation should have taken a lot quicker. We had um, setbacks with lots of random stuff, uh, mainly the kitchen. We should have been done and it should have been listed like December 1st. Yeah. So we had basically an extra month of holding costs and whatever. We, we slowed down and strung the renovation out um, yeah. to the holidays just because we had to wait for the kitchen to be installed or to arrive and be installed. So November, October, November. Yeah, it's about a two-month renovation. Should have been a two-month renovation. Yeah. Yeah, I wanted to push it to six weeks. I wanted to get six weeks, but eight weeks is realistic for the for the crew that we have, which is a small crew. Yeah. Um, just wondering how long the flip took. Yeah, it's... Uh, for a full flip, like to sell, yeah. um, townhouse, expect six to eight weeks. Um depending on how, how much work you're doing. And then there's just normal delays. Sometimes you get delays, right? You're like, you might have the uh, the cabinets, but the countertop is delayed or something dumb um, or, you know, something's on back order or whichever. Um, windows, windows can take a long time, but that's, that's not a townhouse. Um, single family houses will take longer um, for things like that, roof, windows, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, we're running out of time. All right. Talk about the tenant insurance. Cause that's no, I want to first, I want to say on the pet fees because <clears> we <throat> talked about the pet <throat> fees and how we charge a one-time non-refundable pet fee. That's very important. The wording is very important because a lot of people call it like a pet deposit or that type of thing. So I'm talking about Alberta landlord laws here. Calling it a deposit will bite you in the ass because a deposit is returnable. And right. your deposit cannot exceed one month of rent. So you already have your security deposit, which equals one month rent. You can't charge another deposit on top of that. Um, it can't equal more than your one month of rent. That is the rule. That's yeah, you... the rule. But also deposits are refundable. <clears throat> so at the end of it, you need to give that money back so long as you're not using it. So it's a one-time non-refundable pet fee. And then your your monthly pet rent or fees or whatever you can call it whatever but that that's just super important i wanted to say it in case anybody was taking notes there insurance tenant insurance mm -hmm. i don't know where i stumbled across this i want to say maybe the alberta landlord uh community facebook page or something i don't know where i came across this company but i signed up for an account with nuera n-u-e-r-a i think i'm gonna have to um you look really it up should. Yeah, you I should have, have that information. If you yeah, I, I should have looked it up before. Okay, Gabby's, Gabby's just pulling it up right um, now. But there's this company. So I signed up for an account. And um, basically, because I'm a, a property owner and have rental properties, I signed up to get like a, a referral code. Yeah. So signed up our business. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, so N-U-E-R-A insurance. Nuera, Nuera insurance. I don't know how you pronounce try again, it. Try again one or two more times. Nuera. Mm, no, try again. Nuera. <laughs> Anyways, so I signed up our business. I got a referral code. 
And um, they basically send you a package that has like um, some PDF documents about why should I have tenant insurance? And then another one, like a flat sheet that says like, um, go to this website and use this referral code, which it has your referral code on it um, to get a discount on your tenant insurance. And so basically like they send you this like package of stuff that you can provide your tenants with that goes over really great information on why they should have insurance, but also tells them, hey, use us, use this referral code and you'll get a discount. So I sat on this forever. And then randomly, I think somebody must have used our code by accident because I have never handed it out. And all of a sudden we get an email saying, you have, you've received your $20 bonus or something like that. And I was like, what? They paid us for like this fee that accidentally got used. It's like, shit, I got to get on this. So like I went back into the emails, found the flat sheets and whatever. So we had this new tenant moving in and I sent it to her and said, if you, if you'd like, we have this discount code through this insurance company because they, our tenants always ask like, who should we get our insurance through? Like they never know. And I'm always just like, oh, just Google it. There's tons of companies or use your bank, whoever you bank with, like whatever. Um, But yeah, I was like, and and here's this option if you'd like to um, use our referral, our discount code. And she signed up and I get the email being like, here's your referral fee and you got, you have another client. <laughs> Anyways, pretty cool that yeah. like you can- Pay an extra 20 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's not making us rich, but like, damn, I'll take it. Yeah. So pretty cool and just gives them an, another option. It's professional. I, yeah. I just yeah. like the whole process. So Yeah. Fun little fact there. Yeah. That's it. I got it in at seven o'clock. Show's over, guys. No, it's not over. I, I just want to have one more thing because, like, I think that I think that's really cool, and that's something that I had never heard before. And to be honest, um, it's it's quite rare now that I I I learn things. That's why I'm so excited about this like Realtor.ca thing. It just changed the game for me. I thought the game was like the rules were set, and then this is it, and this is my life now. I play within these 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 walls, but every now and then I learn something new, and um, and someone uh, reached out to me uh, yesterday, the day before, and uh, I said, holy shit, like, they were talking about the podcast and just they always oh, yesterday, because they really like yesterday's podcast. Uh, and they said, just like everything you talked about this week, like it's, 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 it's been we're four days into the new year, you know, you've done four shows. And I've learned more on the show in the last four days. And I've learned like, in the last year, like through all these different groups and podcasts and stuff like that. So they were extremely thankful. And um I just wanted to remind everyone that if you if you continue to join in live every day and, and you continue to listen to us as we run our business, because that's all we do. We talk about the things that we're dealing with every day on top of other things. You will learn everything you need to know within one year. If you just listen in every morning and join in live, ideally, and ask your questions. If you do that for a year, you'll have everything you know and you will not need to spend a penny. And that's, that's why we want to do this podcast. We want to literally... The, the Real Estate Investor Dad podcast was, was fantastic. It was lots of good stuff. But you would listen to other people's stories and you get all hyped up and motivated and I'm going to start this business and everything else. But you didn't have the, the information that you needed. So if you listen in every day, we will literally give you all the information you need. You don't need to spend, spend a penny. So, um, yeah. And then just, you know, when you, as you were saying that, I'm like, wow, I learned something. Who would have known? <laughs> <laughs> you, can, you can learn a lot of cool stuff just, you know, just through just following along other people that are doing it every day. Um, yeah. Anyways, I just wanted to share that with you guys. Hopefully we see you guys again next week. Yeah. We'll see you on Monday. Have a fantastic weekend. Take care of yourselves. See you Monday. Thanks for listening. 
to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Interested in being a guest on the show? Send us an email to info at reimorningshow.com. Wow.